Welcome to the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. We are a mother-daughter duo specializing in astrology and feng shui. Join us weekly to learn astrology and feng shui, and of course, to hear stories from our hands-on experience in the industry. You won't want to miss this. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Happy Astrology Day. Oh my God, it's the spring (laughs) equinox too. And welcome to Aries season. (laughs) It's like a triple header, right? Yes, it is. Well, most people don't know that March 20th or the 21st, whatever day the spring equinox lands on, is Astrology Day. And that's not Obviously, most people don't recognize that holiday. We certainly don't celebrate it, except for a few of us. <laughs> yeah. But it started back in 1993. So, hey, we're, you know, we're making progress. We're coming along there. Wow. Does that mean that we're getting ready or maybe we're in the Saturn return of Astrology Day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyhow, it, just give a little love to astrology today. And if you're listening, you're doing it, saying we appreciate it. Astrology has come a long way. I remember telling Kate 10 years ago saying, Kate, this is a growth industry. People are using it more. I deal, I'm sure I know you do as well. Many professionals, many self-employed people. I oftentimes say many people that are more self-directed are using astrology. Yeah. Of course, Not- and the billionaires. Pardon me? I said, and of course, the billionaires. And the billionaires, of course. <laughs> but the idea is that, you know, it's not that they're using it to, oh, what decision to make tomorrow? You know, what is my afternoon going to be like? No, they're using it to scale out their professional life yeah, and to uh, kind of figure out their personal lives as well. Right. Anyhow, happy Astrology Day. Happy Astrology Day. So today we're kicking off a new series of podcasts focused on the planets. So if you remember last year, at the spring equinox, we kicked off a series called Healers of the Zodiac. So each month we featured a different healer based on their astrology sign and then did like a deep dive into their chart. So um, we had a great year with that. We hope that you learned a little bit about yourself even. And today we're kicking off this new series about the planets. So we thought a lot about this, but we figured, you know, if you're listening, you probably want to learn more about yourself and your family. So each month we are going to highlight the planet that is ruled by the sign and go through all 12 of the signs and talk about what does that mean for you? So obviously, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to clarify that thought. Yeah. So if, if today's the kickoff of Aries, yeah. which it is, we would look to see what is the ruler, what planet is kind of connected to, or we say is in rulership of Aries and it would be Mars right? So we're going to spend the the bulk of this episode talking about Mars and all the different interpretations of where it may be in your chart, right? You're going to learn a lot. And hopefully I can see someone getting their chart out, their spouse's chart, their children's charts. You know what I mean? You could be bouncing between all the charts looking, oh yeah, that explains something that gives me some insight. Absolutely. Well, because often when we're learning about astrology, we only understand 
our sun sign. And then maybe the next thing you learn is your moon or your rising. And, you know, a lot of people don't even realize, oh, I have a Mars and that Mars sits somewhere in my chart and a sign and a house and makes aspect to other planets. So each month we're going to pick a planet and based on the Zodiac sign that we're in, and discuss it. So we have put together just a small purchase option. If you're saying, I really want to, you know, benefit from this, but I have no idea where these planets are. We are offering a purchable, purchasable chart (laughs) that I will put the key together and I'll list out all the planets that we will go through over the course of the next year, which is crazy to think. (laughs) Um, I'll list out the glyph so you can recognize it in the chart, the name of it, the house that it's in and the sign that it sits in. So that will be able, you can purchase that um, on my website, www.thekatewind.com. And maybe we'll get that linked on your website too, mom. Okay. I just don't know if we're going to have it done by Monday, (laughs) but. Right. Yeah. We'll definitely have it lined up for next month. Um, And it it, it will make it easier because it's, it's, we're going to talk to that chart, that form that Kate's going to put together. So we'll be in perfect sync with it. And we know because you can look, you can get your chart done many different places, but the format's different. Sometimes it's very easy to read. Sometimes it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know where all your planets sit, that's not for you. But if you're looking at something maybe online and you're saying, I don't know how to read this, this will be just an easy format. It'll be laid out um, based on how we will be discussing it. So before we get into our main topic today, we thought we did just need to touch on some of the news things that are happening because there was another train derailment that made the news. It was not too far here from home. Uh, Thankfully, no toxins, but a lot of spilled corn syrup. (laughs) Very sticky situation, I might add. You know, and I knew two people that were traveling to California that day, and it took them like 11 hours to get to Southern California. Oh, and for those who don't know, you should take about four, four and a half, something of that nature. Oh, my God. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Well, here's something interesting, because we may go, what's going on here? Could astrology be making trains derail? Mm -hmm. That's the crazy, that's a crazy take on it, I think. But uh, here's just some interesting quick stat. Uh, Last year, 2022, the Federal Road Railroad people, administrators, said there were 1,164 train derailments in 2022, which averages out to be three a day. Now, if you had asked us one year ago, are there, is this a problem? Are we having a lot of train derailments? I suspect the majority of us said, no, hadn't noticed. Right. So here comes the solar arc Mars on the moon in the area of transportation for this country, the United States. All of a sudden, it's like a spotlight is shown on it. Right. And now, who wouldn't say, oh, I think there's a problem. Right. We need to do something. So Congress is getting involved, interrogating everybody, and not just railroads. They're looking at all the transportation modes out there. Yeah. So. I hope we can learn a lot right in this moment. It's a teaching moment because in an individual's chart, sometimes they're unaware there's a problem. (laughs) They're unaware that, you know, their marriage is close to the brink. And then an energy comes along in their chart and all of a sudden I had no idea. Oh, this is really bad. This is serious. I need to do something. Yeah. 
that's, that's a how great astrology point. works. It puts a spotlight on some area of your life saying, look over here, <laughs> tend mm -hmm. to this issue. Yeah. I know I used to say that a lot, especially during COVID because, you know, the country was kind of split about who believed in it and who didn't. Right. And, and it's like, that's not the argument here. When we're talking about astrology, astrology is about like, what are we focusing on? What are we talking about? What are we doing? Right. And we could see it play out so nicely in the stars again, whether it's truthful or not, that's what the focus was. Yeah. Same yeah. with the train thing. It's like, it sounds like when I hear that we've had three a day <laughs> this past year, that sounds like a problem to me. And I had zero idea about it, but now it's like, now it's in the spotlight. So mom and me are both, you know, predicting that this will continue, uh, to, to be in the spotlight for the remainder of the year, definitely as we get to November, um, and possibly even other areas of transportation as well, that will be taking the spotlight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and let's the, go to the uh, other big headline, right? Yeah. This past week. I mean, this yeah. is kind of deja vu. Yeah. 2008. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah. we've, we've been talking about Pluto moving into Aquarius because of course it's new. It's exciting. It's like, okay, what do the next 20 years have in store for all of us? Mm -hmm. And I think we had an episode a couple back about Saturn and Pluto, both at 29 degrees, the anoretic degree it's a big deal, right? We've seen a lot of big things happen when planets get to that sensitive point. And here we are with Pluto still at 29 degrees. Saturn has moved on into Pisces. So Saturn's yeah. out of the picture. Now Pluto has the spotlight and we saw the banks are back in the news uh, with Silicon Valley. Um, a couple of them went belly up this past week. And this is the bookend to what we saw in 2008, right? We always talk about that with clients, like what happened when the energy moves in, what's happening as the energy is moving out. And it's so easy to see these on these larger energies because 2008 was so long ago, we can all clearly see what happened. When Lehman sometimes it just collapsed, they let a major brokerage house collapse. I said, they, I mean, sorry, Lehman Brothers probably dug their grave there, but yeah. the idea, you know, they let it collapse. Um, interestingly, this time the government seems to be, you know, throwing the money around pretty generously, yeah. promising all guarantee on monies. Um, but it also kind of is a message that um, banks have not learned their lesson yet. Right. They were risky in 2008. They took that. That was the risk factor with mortgages mainly. And now they were, it was a risk factor because this was the bank that made riskier loans to startups. Yeah. Well, I think we would talk to a client about that where it's like, if the lesson wasn't learned right the first time, right. The last hit can be <laughs> just as, what is that word? Like tumultuous or like. What is tumultuous? that? Yeah. You're using a big word this morning, tumultuous. Yes. <laughs> tumultuous. For yeah. the first Okay. Whereas if the lesson was learned, right. there still will be a bookend event, but it not, yeah. might not be as like traumatic. Right. So yeah. what mom said, what mom's saying is like the banks that didn't learn their lesson, yeah, probably will have another downfall as we see this energy play out. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, Pluto does move into Aquarius here this week, right? That's exciting. It will only be there for about three months. 
before it retrogrades back into Capricorn uh, mid-June, and it will stay there throughout the remainder of 2023. So we don't think that this story is complete yet. Yeah. However, yeah. on a more personal level, right, you probably, you should be seeing the ushering in of that Pluto and Aquarius energy that we've spoken about in previous episodes. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, that was so disappointing seeing that headline. Oh my gosh. Here we are like, oh my God, we're the back there to square one again. <laughs> I know. I know. So um, we are about to start our talk about Mars in each of the 12 signs. So if you don't know where your Mars sits, grab your chart. If not as well, go head over to our website, um, click the buy button. There'll probably be at a 24 hour turnaround on those just because I will be individually preparing those for each of uh, each of the people that put that order in. In order to figure out the chart, just as a reminder, we'll need your birth date with year, the exact time and the location of birth. So city, state. And before we get into our talk today, we are going to hear a quick ad. Okay. Welcome back. Let's get talking about Mars. So get your chart. We're going to start talking with Mars about Mars in Aries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like to first say that Mars stays in a sign only about two months at a time. So the the odds of your friends, unless they're born within the same two month window as you, you're probably your friends have their Mars in different placements. So this is a little bit of a faster moving planet. Uh, it certainly provides more variety um, in your social groups. That's a good point because when we're talking about things like Saturn or Pluto or Uranus, mm-hmm. like everyone in like first grade right now, right, right, would have all their Saturns would most likely be in the same sign, yes. all their Uranuses, all their Neptunes, right? right? So there is, and that's where we get like the millennials versus the yeah. Gen Z because right. we're different, we're different based on those slow moving planets. Whereas Mars in a classroom, you could have every. You could have six. You could have six okay, different, six. assuming that everyone's not held back or right, six, forward, six. you know, that the majority are going to have a variety of six signs in a classroom. But, you know, if you look at when it goes retrograde, Mars can stay in a sign for six months. So like what's just happened here, uh, you know, we have had just had six months of babies born with Mars and Gemini. That's so true. those classrooms are going to be quite different, <laughs> right? Whereas they hit those organized school classes. Yeah, absolutely. And we won't worry about that right now, but it'll, it be, is a, kind of, it'll yeah. be an issue. <laughs> In six years from now right. when they all start first grade. Right. Well, it is just interesting as a teacher though, you know, we talked about how astrology is becoming more mainstream, you know, and as a teacher understanding like what is the makeup of this class mm-hmm right kind of just it's kind of cool to think about it really is but let's go back and start with mars and aries yeah so Um, mars is the most comfortable in aries because it's considered in rulership and when someone has their mars and aries they might be more of a risk taker so um we want to think of like that first sign right aries they can be a little pioneering maybe adventurous and they there's a need for them to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Stand up or stand out, mm. right? Yep. They usually will show some leadership skills. Again, they may say everyone's, you know, we're on a hike and they're going to, I'm going this way. You know, they may stand out and take a different path and kind of have a race to see who's going to get to the end or the, the top or whatever the goal is. 
you know, this is something you have Mars and Aries. I do. Uh, Tyler, your brother has Mars and Aries, you know, so um, uh, that's quite unusual. I mean, to have a sibling, you know, born three and a half years later, yeah. coming to the same sign, but you both lean towards entrepreneurship. You both lead to doing your own thing. Yeah. And I think most people uh, that I would say, look at the two of you in a different way, but they both say, where do you find the time to do all this? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it is in its ideal placement. So, um, uh, you know, you, we could look at famous people and think about this energy. Um, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, Stephen Hawking, Bernie Sanders. Oh, how about Monica Lewinsky? You know, people who stand out good or bad. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart is another one. Exactly. They can even be a little bit ahead of their time, I would think as well, because they need to be like first that yeah. it might take people like time to catch on. And I think about that all the time. Like, you know, Martha Stewart was out there with her books, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and now like once Pinterest came around, then it was just like, everyone's Martha Stewart. That's right. You know, <laughs> but yes, she was doing it. Mm -hmm. She was living it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so a couple other things is, you know, we're just talking about the sign today it would also be further colored knowing what house it's in and then yes. knowing if it's being aspected by other planets. So in case you're listening saying, I'm not at all like this, you know, mm -hmm. most likely there is a planet that could be stifling it, this energy a little bit because it's either on top of it or squaring it. So there are other pieces to astrology, but this, this is some basic understanding and language of Mars and Aries. Um, my Mars and Aries is also in the first house, which puts another layer of that Aries Mars energy rising, on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. And so like, I know for me, I have a hard time relaxing unless something's done. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, you want to do this? Okay, let's do it now. Like I have a hard time putting it off for later. Right. Self-starter. Yeah. Very, very much self-starter, self-directed, yeah. uh, and generally pretty fit for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Or being given, given a project and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. So next, let's talk about Mars in Taurus. Mm -hmm. So this one maybe is not as comfortable as Mars in Aries that we just talked about. And that would be because Taurus is considered more stable, uh, peaceful. Uh, let's stay safe. Let's protect. And Mars, we know I've already said, it's like, let's take risk. Let's do it. Right. So uh, maybe Taurus from Mars and Taurus might mean someone might be more um, threatened, or they might be more, they'll get on board if their security is being threatened yeah. or if their stuff is being threatened. Uh, you could think of something like a property dispute. Mars and Taurus would be all over that. Right. You know, they would be all over, where's that borderline? This is mine, not yours, that type of thing. So that Mars and Taurus is generally, they like, they like, things solid. They don't like things, you know, wavering, blowing in the wind, so to speak, but they often, they seek the good life. That's more important for them. Yeah. Uh, the natural person may want to, you know, access to parks. They may want to uh, have access to land where they can take their off-road vehicle and explore. That's one side. The other side of more Taurus is some people who just like nice things. Right. It's, it's beauty, but right. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. What's Absolutely. beautiful, right? Absolutely. 10 cars in the garage. Is that beauty for some? It is right. 
-hmm. and other ones want the freedom to you know be out in nature yeah i thought it was interesting selena gomez has uh mars and taurus and you know she uh, funds a number of environmental causes so there's a case where so it's not that we see Salima, you know, out there, you know, uh, reveling in nature, or we don't see her. Uh, well, I don't know personal life to good to make right. more comment, but but she where her, where's her money going to fund environmental causes? It was almost like where do where do they take action? Yeah, right. And right. so we're, we're saying, okay, maybe they take action in nature with luxury. In Selena's case, environmental causes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did look. It's Selena. It is Selena. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've been calling her Selima sometimes. Sometimes we got it official. It's Selena. Yeah. If I go back to that Mars and Aries real quick, I just remembered that you know the slogan of Nike, mm -hmm. "Just Do It." Oh yeah. Was created when Mars was in Aries. Oh, that, oh, that's a great wow. But, okay, like sharp. The, that's just just do, do it. it. That's Mars. Like. Yeah. I wish we knew those like all the signs because like what's your slogan <laughs> yeah that's you right know? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly okay uh, so, so we just finished with mars in taurus so let's talk about mars in gemini so mom just mentioned right mars has been retrograde in gemini um it's been in gemini since august of 2022 right yeah. and still as we're recording now mars is still in gemini <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so any if you've had a baby if your friend has had a baby since uh, late, I think August 20th of 2022, yeah. the baby has Mars in Gemini. And, 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 and that can mean that, wow, very quick learning child generally, uh, but their interest, they could have a very short attention span. <laughs> they yeah. could go through, you know, 10 activities in a two hour period, maybe. Right. Uh, it's almost like a little bit of a chain, a chain of interests and hobbies. You talk to a Mars and Gemini and they'll tell you about their interest in gardening and then, oh yeah, now I have an interest in backgammon and now I have a, I also went into tennis and they really can go down quite a list of things that they have taken time to get into and then it kind of, they move on from it at some point. Yeah. And they can do that within their work as well, where someone with Mars and Gemini might not be able to have just one job, that they right. have a lot of side hustles. They have maybe two companies under their belt as well. So, you know, mom's talking about maybe how when they're younger, but we also carry this into adulthood as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mars and Gemini can also um, give you a lot of strong opinions, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes associated maybe with the idea of a lawyer like. Okay, I'm going to argue the other side. I'm going to point out the other side. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King, huge uh, persona, uh, pushing an agenda, uh, making people aware, talking about the dark side, what really was going on uh, in the South, particularly at the time, but all over. Um, so he was a great Mars and Gemini. I think they're very sensitive to like injustice and what is fair. Yes, I have a couple people that I'm surrounded with that have Mars and Gemini, and sometimes that will just be like they'll just say like it's not fair, right. you know, like it's like a line that they have in their vocabulary because they're just very sensitive to like okay, is that right or is it not right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Mars can certainly uh, they have opinions, 
they have opinions. I'm not saying they're blasting everyone with them, but they certainly have very strong opinions and they have that just uh, social awareness. Yeah. Mars and Gemini too, they probably need to use their hands or mm. be a little bit more limber uh, within uh, their their hobbies. So whether it's uh, they're into yoga, whether they have to crouch down and get into a small you know, car and kind of fit themselves into something, mm -hmm. bowling, there needs to be some sort of movement. Yes. Uh, next, we'll talk about Mars in Cancer. So mm -hmm. this can be a little bit of an awkward placement for Mars. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Mars is the doer and then Cancer is the softness. It's the, home. the holder, the holder, yeah. you know, the comfort. So um, when I see Mars in Cancer, I generally say, wow, you had a disruption in your early childhood life whether that was a move, whether that was you changed schools, whether there was a, a divorce happening in the family. Again, I can't say what, I just know there was a disruption in the family in their early years. And this oftentimes sets the individual up for future storylines of maybe just distress in the issue, and excuse me, distress in the family, maybe an illness, maybe uh, a divorce, maybe other things that oh, have a great impact on the family. And there can be a lot of, I don't want to say mandatory, but kind of just inherent caretaking of family members that come with this energy right. over the course of a person's lifetime. Right. So again, professionally, people can use this. Oh my God, they can get involved in many different areas where they're trying to protect other people, trying to give them a safe place because mm -hmm. they, they resonate with this idea of disruption. And knowing the importance of making people feel calm. Yeah. So you're saying too, like they could play that out through their work, like a social worker, a teacher, someone who's fighting on behalf of, you know, other families or children. I think a, a good friend, Marilyn, who spoke about her life. She was a librarian and she, it was a safe haven. Libraries were a safe place for kids to go mm. if they weren't into some of the other things that were going on in the school or they were more quiet or more reclusive, a safe place. Yeah. Very interesting to see how you can take that energy and use it. Yeah. I might say as well, Mars and Cancer as, as adults, certainly they oftentimes like projects around the home. Mm -hmm. So they may renovate their home continually or seemingly continually, or they have an ongoing project in the home of some sort. Um, uh, again, coming back off that idea of they do really well with continual amount of change in the home environment. I'd like to point out also that thing about, you know, Mars and Cancer, they are generally not looking for confrontations. That that's, that's usually something they try to avoid, you know, but when boy, push comes to shove, they can like, they can act like, you know, Mount Vesuvius and erupt, <laughs> so to speak. And, and they sometimes are so maybe even lost for words and that, you know, slamming a door can be a very effective communication tool for someone with Mars and Cancer because the words just can't come fast enough to express this pent up emotion. Yeah, that makes sense. Next, let's talk about Mars in Leo. So mm -hmm. Mars does well in fire signs. So we've talked about Aries already, Sagittarius and Leo would be the other fire signs. So uh, when Mars is in Leo, they seek a little bit of attention, maybe even the spotlight. Um, 
Leo does rule children. So people with Mars and Leo might have a very childlike innocence to them. They might age very well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or they usually carry some level of charisma to them. Yeah. Leadership. The, again, we have another level. I, we said it with Mars and Aries. I would use the same thing for Mars and Leo. There's a need to stand out. Yeah. And I, I, even more so for Mars and Leo, they want to be seen. They want the spotlight generally. Uh, you know, Beyonce, you know, she has her Mars at one degree Leo. That's that's uber strong. Yeah. We, we're not talking degrees today, but anything at a one degree is really strong. So the need to be seen, the need to be on stage and then to disappear, so to speak, back into her private life, but then to come back out again six months later and be seen again. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump uh, has his Mars uh in uh, leo and interesting mike pence has it also in leo which i thought that's interesting it's probably probably part of the adhesive that they found someone who has the same set of we want to be heard and seen whether it was through antiques or whether it was through different type of policies or unique stances you're going to see us yeah well you talked about beyonce her marsing at one degree and if i'm not mistaken i think trump's ascendant is at 29 degrees um which we've talked about 29 degrees already today but mm-hmm. especially if you're these planets that we're talking about are at one degree z- zero degrees or one degrees i should say or 29 degrees yeah. definitely much more powerful and that's yeah. probably why we're seeing them as celebrities right or you know people yeah. that are in the news just because they are very strong you know and taking politics out of the thing even that January 6th performance on live television was orchestrated by the top two people in our country, the president and the vice president, having this Mars in Leo performance. Oftentimes people love, you know, they love performance art. They love sports, anything like, look at me, look what's going on with me. Very interesting. Absolutely. Next, we'll talk about Mars in Virgo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so this puts a heavy focus on food, on health, on the body, um, on diet. So we can talk about whether that's, oh, food, like, oh, why you just have a lot of culinary knowledge Mm -hmm. or even when we say the body, you know, this could even be something like, oh, you're an exotic dancer. So there's a lot of things that Mars in Virgo can cover, Mm -hmm. but we would just think the focus is on, yeah either health, diet, and food, or the body. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, I had a client, exotic dancer, Mars and Virgo. There we go. Just, you know, obviously the body was everything to be in that trade, to be in that business. Um, So again, people don't have to be exotic dancers, but they do maybe be very uh, uh, detail-oriented about what their body is doing, how it appears. interesting this mars and virgo can also bring out a lot of and both sides uh some strong issues around alcohol meaning being in an environment where alcohol is part of the scene or again being there and being i don't partake in it i don't drink it i used to maybe excessively now i don't so we have on some level some uh, kind of like aa quality to Virgo sometimes where they may indulge and then, oh, and then purge or indulge and then go, no, I've got to go sober. Yeah. Because they're always perfecting. They're always trying to work with the issue at hand. 
and they don't get to a point where, okay, all is well, we got that taken care of. They're always still, you know, that's why nutrition can be an ongoing topic of conversation or foods, yeah. your choice of foods. Or even surgeries with the body to perfect oh. it, like oh, Botox or lip injections yes, or all liposuction. There's an always seeking perfection. Uh, you know, we we're talking about someone famous. Um, I don't know if you remember Amy Adams. I mean, she's still very much out there, but um, she started in dinner theater. Isn't that interesting? She's an actress, started in dinner theater, which food comes into play. Yep. But, you know, she started in Julia and Julie and Julia. And it was, uh, she played some uh, government worker who, you know, was not happy with her life. And she started cooking and blogging about every recipe in Julia Child's uh, book, that Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And uh, here she is, she has roles, she's attracted to food, but she's an actress. And that we get a kick out of that, don't we, Kate? Yeah. You know, when we see these famous actors and actresses becoming famous when they are following their chart. So it's a message to all of us, follow your chart to your pot of gold. Yeah, right right even though it may look odd or unusual the way you're going about living your life yeah next we have mars in libra Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think this is it kind of surprises people libra is seemingly right the the general thought is balance we know oftentimes we say that's really imbalance seeking balance yeah. And then Mars gets there. So this is like having a nice serene conversation and the Mars and Libra person bringing up, uh, making, uh, having, sharing a piece of gossip that is upsetting to everybody else or challenging someone in the conversation about, is that really true? They can create uncomfortable conversations or disrupt or question the status quo, throws people a little bit out of their comfort zone. I mean, I have to mention it because the Academy Awards were just recently, but Brendan Fraser, Mars and Libra, you know, and here he won for the whale, mm-hmm. you know, obesity, playing that character. It put people a little bit out of their comfort zone, right? Yeah. Looking at him, you know, about, you know, all what his lifestyle encompassed. So Mars and Libra, just in general, can bring up issues about addiction or some issues about excess in their life. And maybe not having the modulator that other people may have around them. They may not understand, well, why, why are you leaving now? You know, we're still going to be here. We still have more to drink. We have more to eat. Yeah. We um, also talked about, you know, where you, you put your, like, your focus Mars can be where you put your focus and like Libra represents beauty. So mm-hmm. people with Mars and Libra might be drawn to very expensive accessories. They might love spending money. They can, oh, they yeah. might have a hard time saving things because they just want to share it and spend it. Um, yeah, and of course, on, pe- on partners too, they may be quite generous. Yeah, no, I, I have a couple friends with Mars and Libra, very mm-hmm. generous even with people that they don't know for very long. Like, let me pick up the tab. Let me, you know, gift you something. Um, They could disrupt beauty standards as well. Um, So either they are drawn to things that you think, oh, is that beautiful? Is that art? So whether it's, you know, how they played out with their personal appearance or even what kind of artwork they have on their walls. Yeah, yeah. With someone with Mars and Libra, you know, it'd be like... (laughs) 
how much is too much? Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, they might say nothing. Not, <laughs> there's not an answer to that. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, next, let's talk about Mars in Scorpio. Yeah. I'd so, like to insert something here. Yeah. You know, I was born in 1952 uh, in late October, but all the kids, children that would have been born January through June of 1952, because it was retrograde, had their Mars in Scorpio. Okay. So I actually lived this thing. So I, the classroom where everyone's, you know, locked in based on their birth date, this is the classroom you're going to be in. This is the grade you're in. You know, half of the class had to have Mars and Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Now it does make a difference in the culture, in the, you know, in, in what happens within that classroom. So it, it happens to be, if you have Mars and Scorpio, you generally, you're very driven very competitive. So yes, I think I was in a very competitive academic classroom, a lot of smart people around me, um, you know, and they, they're kind of tricky as well. They hold secrets. There's things going on that no one else knows about. Um, you know, this is so clearly I found out way after the fact, oh, you know, this was going on, you know, that was going on. Oh, I had no idea. I was sitting there with Mars and Capricorn. <laughs> just doing my dutiful stuff that I'm supposed to be doing, never imagining all these uh, antiques that were going on. That's funny. <laughs> and they can be very jealous, you know, as well, uh, and or envious. Um, I think, where, I think at this looking at the celebrities really paints the picture clearly. So if we look at like Taylor Swift, she yeah. has Mars and Scorpio, and she just says it. She writes lyrics sharing lyrics describing what happened in her last relationship so she shares the secrets right it's not confidential where you know some celebrities you find out you know oh they're pregnant at nine months you know taylor's just like this is what happened i'm gonna sing about it and the whole world is gonna hear it but am i right about this like for someone like me i'm listening to her song i have no clue that she just broke up with so and so or so and so so to me they're kind of mystery lyrics when I hear that, when I heard that she wrote about her past relationships, I go, oh, I didn't know that. I was, I, who, who was it? Who was she singing about? That was my take on it. And then I read a few articles and, oh my gosh, she's, you know, it's naming names as to all these lyrics and what they're describing. Yeah. So I thought there were, there was still some mystery in her lyrics. She doesn't call them out by name, does she? No, I guess if you maybe follow, I mean, I'm, I don't necessarily follow her myself, but yeah people figure out what she's they do but they have yeah. to figure it out a little puzzle true that's true uh, if we also look at dr phil and oprah they both have mars and scorpio and right they, they've had talk shows digging deep revealing the secrets getting into the psychology of it yeah um again regardless of your thoughts on these people like we can see how they've lived out these energies on a much larger scale mm -hmm. and where mm -hmm. they've really seen success and I think like that would be something to talk about with, you know, Taylor Swift, like, even though she's gotten criticism for it and there's been memes about like, oh, don't break up with her because she'll sing right. about it, right. you know, she's still doing it mm -hmm. because that's where she, that's how she sees success. That's her following her pot of gold, I think, as yes. you said yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. We just had St. Patrick's Day. So Absolutely. pot of gold is on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, let's talk about Mars in Sagittarius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mars and Sagittarius, I think the most interesting thing about them, they generally have some conversion experience in their life. Now, think of religion. Oh, I left the church or I switched religions, but it goes more into your philosophy 
uh, different philosophies. You generally they're very interested in um, you know uh, philosophies that come out of uh, the uh, the East, out of Asian type philosophies. Very interested. We kind of have a roving philosopher going with Mars and Sagittarius. How do people think? What do they believe in? Yeah, they might also be very impulsive. Or they might love car trips. They might love running errands. They might love globe trotting. Anything where they can kind of cross into other areas of mm-hmm. life. So I know you're talking about conversions, like faith. You know, right. like what is your beliefs? Absolutely. But they might even like literally crossing those boundaries or those borders. It's interesting, you know. Uh, Dad has you know Mars and Sagittarius, and our granddaughter. Uh, your niece uh, at Lincoln, she's just five years old and she has her Mars and Sagittarius. Mm. Very interesting. It, it, it generally represents you find your success far from home. Yeah. And that can be geographically, but it also can be just philosophically. Yeah. That's very support- strong for academics, very There's- strong for wanting to pursue or be good in the academic field, yeah. uh, reading, you know, or Always learning. Advert- advertising promotions things of that nature yeah so like an example like rihanna has mars and sagittarius uh she was born in barbados and but she saw her success in the u.s Mm -hmm. so you know that's kind of that conversion or success far from home yeah right uh next let's talk about mars in capricorn Mm -hmm. so you have mars in capricorn i do i do you know, I always have believed in the long race. I've always been very aware that, you know, you, you, that even when someone is looking at me, they go and, you know, they have no idea where I'm going to go with this. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, this is, I'm, I'm, it looks boring, maybe what I'm doing. Uh, oftentimes, I could say quiet confidence. Mm-hmm. Maybe people can't see where this is going to, but I, I see it as a snowball and it's going to become a bigger and bigger snowball over time. It's a very cautious energy. Uh, is Mars and Capricorn think of the mountain goat going up the hill. They don't go in a straight line, straight up. They go sideways a lot. And oftentimes Mars and Capricorn do does take a very indirect route. It almost almost has a little bit of a mystery to it. Why would you do that? Yeah. It's going um, to open up. Yeah. Mars and Capricorn too, they might take on responsibility early in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another interesting one for leaving home or kind of leaving like that origin. Mm-hmm. There's a need to be in a bigger world. So again, that mountain goat, like rising up, especially if you feel like I need to, you might have that feeling like I need to rise out of this situation. And the other thing is Mars and Capricorn, they may be a late bloomer. They may not see immediate results. Mars and Capricorn says they will be most successful in the last third of their life. Interesting. So for for a parent having a child with Mars and Capricorn, you may think this kid isn't going to cut it. (laughs) This kid can't deal with it, so to speak. You got to give this person time. Okay. Um, Next, let's talk about Mars in Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Aquarius can be a little bit kind of crazy, a little bit inventive. Of course, we can talk about stubborn as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you see someone with Mars and Aquarius, you know, they might act a little bit differently within the group. 
I can guarantee you they're coming from a different mindset. That's for sure. So and if they really opened up and started talking about their lifestyle, you'd find they've came from a very something's very alternative about the way they're they have lived their life. Mm -hmm. That could come out of family matters. That could come under the fact that they were raised, you know, uh, by a, a, a lesbian couple, for example. You know, at some point, maybe that's not the shocker today, but it would have been a shocker ten years ago. Yeah. Well, oh, you lived in that environment. You came out of a communal type of environment. You lived in the in the ghetto, you know, whatever. Some place where, whoa, you came from there. Mm -hmm. they're, they're they're actually the poster children for social reform. Mars and Aquarius. I like that. You know, because they 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 come out of it and they've survived, or they've thrived, or they have a whole unique perspective. So they are, if we go into the scientific side, they're very inventive. They yeah. can come up with answers, solutions. They can jerry-rig things to make th things work. They come from an alternative space. Yeah. Yeah, so they can be unpredictable where they can kind of shock you mm -hmm. <laughs> with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we talk about Aquarius too, we, I, I know you said like inventive, but we would also say like... Um, they might be really good with technology. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Particularly when you're around people who don't know much about it. They're the ones that are going to be way ahead of everybody else. They, I say they see the future. Yeah. I like you know, Jada Pinkett Smith has Mars and Aquarius, and we won't go into her story, but I think we all know kind of some background of the, the slap and maybe some of the storylines that were attached to it about the lifestyle she was living. Yeah. That's Mars and Aquarius. Right. And the idea that, okay, maybe in 10 or 20 years, some of the storylines that she, you know, had would be more common than yes. they are now because exactly it's like it. they're ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last one we'll talk about is Mars in Pisces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one probably is maybe frustrating for a lot of people to deal with the Mars and Pisces because uh, they, they can be very non-confrontational. And so you may go, where do they stand on the issue, right? That they're wherever they're at, they can just accept it or go with it. And they'll go into a different environment and go with that attitude. So the, the challenge for the Mars and Pisces is they have such empathy, such empathy or compassion, or they're so sentimental or just out, outright quirky. Yeah that you know it's hard to put your finger on them about do are they smart or, or would they just guess the right answer you really can't, it's a difficult to to read and to understand absolutely i think they are also they're very strongly they need to be near the water uh the marine life the oceans um i would say kind of as a uh, like a prescription for them is water. They need water. They need views of water. They need to merge themselves in water. And they're very strongly oftentimes uh, on some level, a little bit of a social worker. I mean, they can be a professional, they can be a millionaire, but I can guarantee you they're putting money somewhere around storylines that support people that have addictions or that suffer from some sort of isolation or suppression um, and their escape oftentimes is music, 
har harmony, harmony in music, again, being very sensitive to discordant sounds or loud noises. Yeah. Well, there could be a need to immerse themselves right? in many different ways. Always that immersing yeah. thing. So you're talking about the water. Okay. Am I immersing myself in the water or is it music where they can kind of, they have an ability to escape. Yes. Where you yes. might be saying, um, hello, like earth to so-and-so, like, are you listening? Yes. Yes. And they might have that great ability to just tune out and find themselves in a different place. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe had this Mars mm. and Pisces and Emily Blunt, okay. which I really like her as an actress. Um, uh, but uh, again, it would give great abilities to morph oneself into a character. You said the word immersion, mm -hmm. very good for actors, right? To immerse themselves in a character. Yeah. Or too, as children, they might have, they might love playing pretend. Oh, absolutely. With Mars and Pisces. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, that concludes our talk of going through Mars and all 12 of the signs. So um, as we mentioned before, if you need a copy, a clean copy of your chart that lays out the planets, the glyphs, uh, what signs and what houses they're in, be sure to head over to our websites to um, make that purchase. Um, you'll get it in an email format within 24 hours. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.